Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Mark Costas. Mark is the owner, general dentist, and clinical director at the Horizon Dental Group, the founder and CEO of the Horizon School of Dental Assisting, and the founder and CEO of the Dental Success Institute. Today, he's our guest on Financial Flossing. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Ross. Thanks for having me, man. Sure thing. Well, for our listeners who don't know who you are, they're going to learn a lot today. You have an incredible story and you have a ton of things going on. I want to start from the beginning because it's a really cool story. Kind of tell us your background and how you got into dental school and we'll go from there. Okay. I'll try to condense this to to 60 seconds or less. All right. 16 (laughs) years old, my very first ever varsity baseball game playing left field. Big kid gets up to the plate, smacks one in my direction. I'm at a brand new high school because I I had transferred from Tucson, Arizona, where where we were living, to Agora Hills, California, used to playing on a much deeper field with a warning track. Okay, we know where this is going, right? So I'm trying to play the ball off the fence, waiting for my right foot to hit the warning track, which it never does because this new field doesn't have a warning track. And it's about 70 feet shorter than my previous field. So I face plant into the left field fence. I break my jaw and I lose most of my upper front teeth. Okay. Dentistry has never been on my radar before this period of time. And now I am faced with 16 months of rehabilitation in and out of the dental offices of incredible specialists and general dentists and, and plastic surgeons to put my, my face back together. So dentistry pops on my radar at 16 years old when it had never previously been on my radar before. Get all the way through uh, high school. I played a couple of years of college football, decided it was time to hang up the cleats because I wasn't 6'8 like Ross. And, uh, and I decided to transition over to try to focus on getting my GPA up so that I could play or so that I could uh, uh, become a dentist. Took me three years and 21 attempts to get into dental school. During that time, I got into the executive MBA program at University of San Diego. I bought my first business, which was a catering truck, which I called the Roach Coach. So I learned and cut my teeth in entrepreneurship as a business owner. Got into dental school a little bit later than most. Got out of dental school in the first seven years. I had six practices, did it all wrong. And uh, I learned most of my lessons, my very expensive lessons in the trenches of owning multiple practices. Okay. So you were denied entry to dental school 21 times? No, that's incorrect, Ross. I was denied 20 times. I got in the 21st. Okay. Time. That's right. That's right. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no but it was a cheap shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was ugly. It was ugly. I have but, 20 rejections in a shoebox. Yes. Okay. So that's perseverance. You, you could write a book on that. If you haven't, you might want to consider it. I mean, perseverance, right? It's a guy who really wanted to be a dentist. So they didn't think very highly of you. You finished in the middle of your class. So you weren't like that. No one thought you were the genius but you knew a little about, about business. And we, as we've talked before on this podcast in dental school, you learn nothing 
about business, nothing about money, only clinical stuff. So right. you were ahead of the curve. You owned six practices within seven years. Is that what you said? Is that, is that right? Yeah, I associated the first year. I worked for one of my friends from dental school. And then in the next six years, I, I acquired six practices or started. I started two and acquired four. So, and now for those who don't know, you own 16 practices and you currently own four, correct? Correct. So you right. might know a thing or two about owning a practice, starting a practice, running a practice. Would that be a fair statement? I think a little bit. I can't take too much credit because I've done a lot of stuff wrong, but you figure it out after, you know, after the 10th time. I mean, you'd have to be pretty dense not to figure a, a lot of the big lessons out. So l- let's talk about, you know, the process of buying and selling practices or, or you know, what that whole scenario was like, because I know there were some personal things that kind of fell in there as well. And then what are the lessons you're learning? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the cool things that we have in our corner for dentistry is that we have a sellable asset once we own a dental practice. And you've worked with physicians before, Ross, and I know that that you've seen probably in your career a huge shift from uh, a lot more owner physicians to those physicians that are now owned by a hospital or a large group. Uh, So the vast majority of physicians nowadays, 80% plus are W2 employees in dentistry, 85% of dentists actually own their own business, right? So 15% ish uh, don't. So what I will tell you about dentistry is if you're in healthcare, we have picked the right sub profession of medical care. And I will tell you that if you do it correctly, it can be a very good quote unquote positive income stream if you have multiple practices, meaning that you will always need to pay attention to the business. But if you have a good organizational chart and good people on your executive team, you can run practices and spend 20 to 25% of profit from each of these practices that you own. When you're done with you know, building them and, and it's time to hand the keys over to the next generation, you will have a good sellable asset. And depending on how much your EBITDA is, how much your profitability is, you can get four to eight times, you know, that EBITDA number um, when you sell to the next generation or private equity or DSO, however it is that you want to transition out of the profession. So that's what I've learned. And that is the beauty of dentistry and and people that take the time to become business savvy and more sophisticated when it comes to being able to track a dollar through the dental practice, have a nice tangible asset at the end of all of it. So we were talking offline before, and you're, you're talking a little bit about your the personal side of kind of, you almost had to and this is my words, not your words, almost had to almost kind of restart your career after you had these six practices. You kind of had to make some changes in your life and then kind of start over after you sold those practices. Could you talk a little bit about, you know, that experience, owning those six practices, realizing where you were a little off kilter and what changes you had to make? Yeah. When I was 15 years old, I made a deal to myself. I said, by the time I'm 35, which I I thought was going to be near my deathbed, because when you're 15 years old, you think that 35-year-olds are senior citizens. But I made a deal to myself. I said, by the time I am 35 years old in 20 years, this is before I knew that I was going to be a dentist, um, I'm going to be netting a million dollars. I'm going to have a million dollars in the bank. So there's two different ways that I could be a millionaire. I could be a net worth millionaire and I could be, you know, an income millionaire. And I said I would be both by the time I was by the time I was 35 years old. 
lo and behold, I accomplished that. And I kept that goal in the back of my mind as kind of what success looked like to me as a young, naive 15-year-old. When I was 35 years old, I had owned my sixth dental practice and I accomplished my goal. I was making a million dollars a year, netting a million dollars a year, and I had more than a million dollars in the bank account. However, to do that, I was uh, the proud owner of six successful dental practices. I was working 80-hour weeks. Um, I didn't recognize um, that it was impossible, to, that, it was, that it was necessary, rather, to build a good organizational chart and to have a good executive team that was running the business for me. I was the pom-pom, right? I, I, my organizational chart was every single person had direct access to me. So if Susie and Mary were fighting about, you know, um, the hygiene schedule, I would get a telephone call. If somebody wanted to take vacation, uh, I would get a telephone call. If, if there was a remake on a crown and the patient was, was aggravated, I would get a telephone call. So I was very, very near to burnout. I was extremely stressed out. My primary relationship was on the rocks. I was never seeing my three young boys. This was no way to live a life. And so I said, you know what? I don't care if I'm quote unquote financially successful. The rest of my life is falling apart. So I sold four of the practices. They sold immediately. We did well. I had a little bit of a cushion and I went about restructuring everything about my life. The way we teach it now inside our mastermind group, inside my private coaching group, is we call it the four futures. I didn't have a name for it back then, but I knew that I had to master certain aspects of my life. My mindfulness, my ability to handle stress, my meaning, which was my personal relationships and my legacy, uh, my muscle, which was um, my personal fitness and the fuel that I put into my body, my vibrancy, my sleep patterns, and then intentionally last was the money quadrant. So if you master all those other three quadrants first, the money stuff comes pretty easy and uh, with a lot more fulfillment. So when did the Dental Success Institute come to be in relation to this timeline? Yeah, so I have I started that 10 years ago now. So that was five years into my dental practice, uh, a multiple practice ownership journey. Um, when I started getting asked to speak on stages and um, we eventually created our own coaching company. After that, a year after that, I started the Dentalpreneur podcast, which opened up countless doors. We're on uh, 6 million downloads and almost 450 episodes now since 2015. And um, we've since created another company called the Dental Success Network, which is 1,100 dentists. And we uh, have a really, really vibrant culture within the Dental Success Institute, which is my private coaching group of about 200 and the Dental Success Network. We work a lot about overhead and, and just general balance in life. So you obviously have learned a lot yourself through owning 16 practices over time. But when yeah. you coach people, it's like an exponential growth of knowledge because you're seeing you have 200 people you coach, you know, they own one or multiple practices. So you're seeing the challenges that they have. And so it's it's almost like giving you uh, exponential growth in your wisdom. What are the things that you guys, that you're teaching that, that people and that your your coaches are teaching that you guys are learning and, and the value that is bring, being brought to the people in the mastermind? Yeah. So 
I alluded to it earlier, but it's really how a dollar flows through your practice, right? That there, you know, it's interesting. And I will tell you this as somebody that had gone through an MBA program, I wasn't great at reading financial reports and I wasn't super savvy when it came to to business. And that definitely is the case for most dentists out there. They don't know how to read financial reports. They don't know how to, the difference between overhead and, and profit. They don't know, you know, really, really the basics of business, the categorizations when you're looking at a PL, uh, variable versus fixed expenses. So first and foremost, we do a bunch of, of baselining to figure out what your knowledge base is. And then we get your knowledge base up to snuff. Uh, that's the first thing that we like to do. And then we, once that is done, once we fix the machine, we plug the holes in the bucket, then we worry about um, decreasing that um, those fixed expenses. The only way to, to decrease fix, fixed expenses is by, by increasing production, by potentially uh, attracting more new patients. So th this is in different phases. First, it's business knowledge. Then it's ramping up production, which in turn is going to decrease your overhead increase your profitability. Those are the things that we're talking about from a business standpoint. And then once you get to that level, which we call black belt level, when you have a, an overhead less than 50%, you're a strong leader, you have a good culture in your dental practice, you're completely systemized. Then we talk about potentially expanding the practice to a larger size, maybe by adding operatories and then potentially scaling to multiple locations, but in that order, not if you get out of that order, which is one of the huge mistakes that I've made, that's when bad things happen. Talk about the importance of leadership as a practice owner, how, how big of a deal that is. Yeah. Leadership is this like nebulous thing that it's, it's very difficult to define, you know, uh, very, very quickly and concisely. I believe leadership when it comes to owning a dental practice is just being crystal clear with your expectations, making sure that you are very, very accurate and concise about what your vision for the practice looks like and to hold people accountable for what success looks like in their position and how they can contribute to the overall vision. And you mentioned a few moments ago about managing overhead. It's funny when I, when I talk with people, I'll say, what does it cost you to live every month? And 90% of the people I talk to have no idea what it costs them. Their personal household to personal live. overhead. Yeah. They, personal overhead. Their burn rate, as I call it. They have no idea what it costs. 90% of people. It's even worse in the business world because, you know, I mean, you run personal expenses through the business. Sometimes you got someone who really doesn't care because it's not their money making purchasing decisions sometimes. So, how big of an issue is that? Oh, it's huge, man. It's huge. So when we're talking about variable expenses, we're talking about a couple things, right? We're talking about dental supplies. We're talking about lab. And we're talking about office supplies, just a, a small handful of things that go into variable expenses. You'd be surprised at how badly people could screw that up. So if you're looking at 11% for the two biggest variable expenses of the total revenue being you know, dental supplies and lab work, we see people that are 25, 30% of their total that's going to these, these two line items on variable expenses. We have people come to us that, for consultations that have 115% overhead. They're like, where's all the money? I'm producing all this. And I'm like, well, you know, you're, you're spending 10% of your total take home of your total revenue on something that you should be spending 4.5% on. And when, once we are able to kind of show people how simple it is to track these expenses, 
And if you have a way to negotiate and watch your inventory and um, you know, teach your team who are actually ordering what their parameters are, things can fix very, very, you can fix things very, very quickly. Our dental success network has, like I said, 1100 dentists in there with a collective revenue of like $1.6 billion. So we have the ability to go to any vendor and say, we have 1100 users here, $1.6 billion. We need you to decrease this particular price by 15%. And they actually listen to us. Try to do that as a single dental practice owner, and you will never even get anybody to pick up the phone. So part of the network is purchasing power. It's, it's almost a buying group. Yeah, it's one of our three legs of our three-legged stool. It's a buying group. It's an online community, which is a very vibrant community. And we have continuing education as well. We have a, a, a library of continuing education. That, that's fantastic. So yeah. and a lot of this on the overhead, a lot of it's, some of it's just ignorance people don't know. Some of it's also people just being a little bit lazy and it just takes, it takes effort. And some people don't want to get in the weeds on that. It's like, Oh, I'm not wired that way. You know, I'm not an accountant or I'm not an account accountant minded. I don't, I don't, but it's like, well, it doesn't really matter if you are or you're not, you're a business owner. You've got to be. Yeah, it's true. It's, it, you know, we are physicians of the oral cavity. We're clinicians. We're very, we're very, very pragmatic and left brain thinkers. And what we're comfortable doing, what, we, what we've been doing our whole careers all through dental school is learning how to do clinical dentistry. So we come up with a business problem. We try to solve it with a clinical solution, right? There's no money in the bank at the end of the month. I need to produce more and I need to learn how to do all on X and do $50,000 implant cases. Well, that's great. But first let's fix the holes in the bucket because if you're going to continue to pour more water into this bucket and the water's going all over the place, leaking all over the place, it's fruitless. You know, it is not, it does not make sense to increase the production before you fix the machine. Well, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, you're talking about the process, you know, get your, get the, basically get the house in order. Once the house is in order, then try and get new patients in or grow the practice. How many people go straight to throwing money at marketing to try and grow the practice because that's, they think that's the solution versus taking care of other stuff. Yeah. You know, unfortunately the dental consultant world is filled with people that have never sat on the right side on a dentist on a dental school as a clinician and tried to run a practice and, you know, tried to be the HR manager and the marketing manager and, and all of that stuff. So a lot of times you'll have say a marketer or um, somebody that was maybe an assistant before, or um, maybe a, a previous office manager that comes in and they have a limited understanding and a limited skill set of what's happening in a dental practice. So they'll take their hammer and the whole world is a nail. So if they happen to be a marketer, the answer to all of, of your practice woes is to learn how to get more new patients. Um, and we see this over and over again, where these consultants are saying, I will fix your practice. You need more new patients. You need to triple your revenue in order to justify your overhead. And it's like, that's, well, they don't even use the word overhead because they don't understand it, but you have to understand the basics of business before you prescribe anything as far as trying to fix a dental practice. It is interesting. It does seem that there are literally a million different dental marketers out there and they're all... They're like sharks swimming in the water and, and, and the solution is just some, and by the way, they're not, some of these guys are not cheap at all. No. And, and uh, you know, golly, I, I've seen them at, you know, 
five figures a month just to just to engage them. And, you know, there's nothing there's no guarantees. And it's just marketing. It's just like, OK. And those are the guys that the marketers that I love are the ones that are like, OK, here is, you know, here is your actual analytics for every dollar that you spend. We want three dollars coming back. And here's how you're doing as far as that goes. So they have a report card every month, not just a bill right? Their report card is, here's how many clicks you got for this particular keyword. Here is the ROI on this particular ad spend. This is this media in this particular community is working when this one isn't. So it's not like a boilerplate, like, oh, well, you know, these things just take time. You need to spend $16,000 for three more months for us to tell whether or not this ad campaign is actually going to work. Then you look up and you're $50,000 in the hole and you're actually worse off than before working with this consultant or agency. So, so there's obviously a place for marketing if you're dealing with the right type of marketers in the right timing of improving your practice. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think we all need help with Mark because we're not marketers either, but we right. have to do it in the right order and we have to be able to audit anything that you're doing in your dental practice. You have to be able to track, right? What, yeah. what are the results? So does the Dental Success Institute do marketing? No, no, we don't do marketing. We have lots of great partnerships with awesome marketers that do it the right way, that track ROI, that are totally transparent about the results that they are actually getting you and making sure that your that that your ad spend is is coincident with with a decent return. What we do is we work on people becoming more sophisticated business owners to understand business better, to become more profitable, to be able to decrease overhead without sacrificing all the other three quadrants of your life. Well, and this is where, I mean, I mentioned this to you earlier, and I've said this no less than a dozen times in this podcast. You know, I have a ton of dental clients. That's why I have this podcast is to, to communicate to the people out there. But we have two ends of the spectrum. We have people who own a practice, but they basically own a job. You know, they make a good living. Um, and then you have business owners who happen to be dentists, and they make a ridiculous uh, living. And so, and of course, you got everyone in between. Who is the ideal client or dentist for the Dental Success Institute, and what's the process of becoming a part of that, and the and, and the steps that that they go through? Well, thanks for asking that question. I think the ideal person is somebody that seeks knowledge. You know, we have people that are struggling to get to their first million dollars in revenue, and we also have coaches and and clients. We 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 call them members. I hate the word client, but we have members that that. <laughs> you know, own eight practices and they're going to peak out at $30 million this year and everybody in between. So anybody that seeks to find their full potential in business and in life is a good fit. Now, somebody that feels good because they stroke a big check and they get that, that rush of adrenaline and, and they feel good because they're doing something towards your practice, but then they never schedule a coaching call and they never submit their numbers for our financial analysts to do their monthly reporting, or they don't show up to any of our live events. They never meet any of the other people in their community, which is a huge part of what we do that separates us from other consultants is we actually put people in a room together and we, we leverage, you know, the wisdom of the room. And so it's not just me saying, here's what I learned over 16 practices. I have a relatively small sample size, but you put 200 people in there and you have the ability to answer any question in dentistry and the accountability to get people to actually 
take action. So people that are action takers, people that are humble and people that are trying to find their full potential, that's our ideal member. Well, it's so interesting because if you talk about, you know, obviously Robert Kiyosaki, his book, Cashflow Quadrants is a phenomenal book. Um, and he talks about the four different ways you're paid from employee to basically self-employed to business owner investor. And basically it sounds to me like, you know, when you own your own practice, you're a small business and you have an incredible opportunity to turn that into a revenue generating machine. But unfortunately, due to the lack of training and the lack of knowledge, many people are stuck in the self-employed, or as I call it, the owning a job scenario. And Dental Success Institute's like, hey, let's train you. Let's give you an MBA, a dental MBA, if you will. So you can learn how to be a business owner and you can have work-life balance you know, and make a great income and be present with your family. And it's literally a win, win, win all the way around is what it sounds like. Yeah. I love Robert. Robert's been on the podcast. I've, I've interviewed Robert and that's exactly what we talked about. We talked about rich dad, poor dad and cash flow quadrant and the difference between, you know, self-employed and, and a business owner. I've also had Tom Wheelwright, who's his, who's his accountant and uh, wrote tax-free wealth on the podcast as well. He's spoken at one of my live events. And those guys, they speak the same way about business that I think. And that is, hey, listen, you don't want to own a job, as, as you said, Ross. You want to be a business owner. That doesn't mean that you have to stop spinning the handpiece. That just means that the business is structured the right way. And for the time that you're putting into it, you're actually getting what uh, your effort, what you should be getting for the effort that you're putting into it. For instance, you know, I bump into a lot of dental practice owners that hover the average dental practice has an overhead of 68 to 72%. And if you add 30% of uh, associate slash owner compensation to that, the doctor's wages, you're looking at 98 to 102% of total expense. That means there's zero profitability left for the practice owner. It doesn't have to be that way. Those are the people that actually own a job because they're making about as much as they would make as a W-2 employee working for a large DSO, or maybe even less for all of their efforts because their overhead is so out of control. So there's a difference between owning a business, like you said, and being a business owner. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. So can you give... um kind of some success stories from Dental Success Institute uh, members. And, you know, John Doe Dennis came in, here was his situation, you know, 24, 36, 48 months later, here's what's going on in this world. I mean, I could do that all day long, but I will tell you the way that we structure. And another reason that we're different is that all of the coaches inside my organization have been members slash clients first, right? So they all come in saying, Hey, Mark, I really seek to grow my practice. I need to improve my work-life balance. Help me. So we put them through a curriculum that spits them out on the other side. If they do everything according to kind of what our suggestions are and the other coaches as black belts, a black belt is somebody that has 50% overhead or less and has a really high leadership score. We have, we have uh, ways of measuring all this, a really high cultural assessment score and a really high systemization score, right? So 
those are the people that turn around and say, we invite them if they're willing to become coaches within our organizations. So these people are running multiple seven-figure practices and they still find time for other people in the community to coach them and to help replicate their success, right? So every single year we have a contest on stage at my dental success summit. We get between 700 and a thousand people at my dental success summits. So we pick four people and they compete for um, a prize of $3,000 that they can donate to any of their favorite charities. So they get up and they have 10 minutes and say, here's where I started. Here's where I've ended up. And then the, the audience votes on who their favorite, most inspirational winner of the transformation contest is. So like I said, I've been doing this, this year, I'll be our ninth summit. So we have 36 incredible success stories, plus our 14 black belt coaches. Those are all huge success stories. I will tell you that one in particular, her name uh, is Dr. M. We called her Dr. M from stage. Her, her name is actually Summer Casmel, and she lives in Colorado. And uh, she was able to take one practice uh, that was doing just over a million dollars. She reached out to me because she was very, very concerned that she could no longer practice because she has a medical issue where she can't sit down on the dental school stool uh, in the operator chair for any length of time. So she was saying, Mark, what do I do? Do I sell my practice? If I sell my practice, what do I do after that? I'll have, you know, $700,000, but what do I do? I have, I have a family to feed. So we said, all right, here's what we're going to do summer. This is just prior to her first of six surgeries. We're going to set your practice up with associates and we're going to really start running this like, a, like a really true business. She's like, okay, I'm in your hands. Let's see what we can do. She's managed to acquire three more dental practices and she merged them into two large practices. Her EBITDA is approaching uh, multiple seven figures, not her revenue, her EBITDA now. So if she wanted to, she could sell her operation. This is less than four years later for, let's just say uh, multiple, multiple, multiple millions. And she gets approached by DSOs every single day. Uh, for an eight times valuation because of how profitable and well-run her practices are. So she went from a one single million dollar practice to four, which merged down to two mega practices. And uh, she's one of our most popular black belt coaches. She still, she takes more calls than any of the other black belt coaches because she loves just, just helping people that much. She's a very, very special person. That's amazing. So speaking of your Stittle Success Summit, it's coming up here in two months. It's June 10th through June 11th yep. in Phoenix, Arizona. Correct. Talk a little bit about that. Is registration still open? Can people still sign up for that if they want to learn more? I mean, do you have to be a member to go or can anybody go? Talk about that. Yeah, thanks so much, Ross. So it, we call it the family reunion. So all of our mastermind members will be there. Additionally, the, the, the general public is more than welcome to come. We have a very exciting uh, keynote speaker this year. Last year's keynote speaker was... Uh, was Peyton Manning, who's oh, wow. uh, everybody knows as a very famous quarterback. This year, uh, we have James James Hinchcliffe, who is a famous Indy race car winner, and he was also on Dancing with the Stars. Beside the fact that we have really interesting keynote speakers, uh, all of the black belt coaches will also be getting up and and teaching something at the summit. It will be actionable content about how to increase the profitability of your practice, decrease your overhead, how to become more systemized, how to become a better leader, and most importantly, how to not sacrifice everything in your life 
in order to be financially successful. However, we don't ask you to make the choice between, you know, between a good family life and becoming a good spouse and a becoming a good husband. We show you how to do it all, to have it all, to have all of the great personal fulfilling relationships in your life and to also have a very, very successful business at the same time. That, that, sounds, that sounds awesome. So as we get ready, as we wind this conversation down, I ask every guest two questions. First question is, what advice would you give a brand new dental school graduate? Yeah, you know, I, I, there's a couple things about new graduates. I speak at, I've spoken at more than half the dental schools in the country. And, and you know, I love speaking to dental students. I love to welcome them to this profession that they've selected, but they have an uphill battle. Let's face it. I mean, they're, they're going to be saddled with more dental, dental school debt than any previous generation. The upside to that is that they have more access to information than any other generation before them. So they have podcasts like yours, Ross, and mine, and they have free uh, information on YouTube. They have the ability to go to continuing education events basically for free, if not at a 90% discount. So my number one uh, bit of advice would be to get educated, get educated about business, make sure that you have like a crystal clear vision of what you want your career to look like when it's all over. Uh, don't bounce around and just say, okay, I'm getting $125,000 from this DSO. It's going to be the fastest way to start paying my loans back. Really take the time to sit down and strategize what your career is going to look like and reverse engineer that. But the first step is, is knowledge. Knowledge is power when it comes to business ownership. And uh, don't be the misinformed person that thinks that you can fix all of your woes by producing more dentistry. That's great right there. Now, I'm a big reader. I read a lot. Uh, I would imagine you do as well. What book recommendations do you have? Oh, so many, so many. My, my favorite book in the world right now probably is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, just because I believe that we have to take 100% responsibility for everything that happens in our business and our life. Anything by Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday is uh, the obstacle is the way. Um, he's a great uh, provider of information about Stoic philosophers. He was on my podcast as well. I love Lifespan by David Sinclair. That's about some of the biohacking stuff and how to live to be 100. Um, I like Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. I like E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Um, I like anything by Donald Miller. I had the operator on, Robert O'Neill, the guy who shot uh, Osama bin Laden. He was on my podcast as well. Um, that is hugely inspirational. Any of those books, I think, I'm an avid re reader as well, um, I think would serve you well in business and personal life. So there's a, you have a lot of things going on. So I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you. First of all, tell us the name of the podcast again, so they can subscribe to that. The Dentalpreneur Podcast, D-E-N-T-E-L-Preneur. And that's anywhere where you can get podcasts. It, the coolest thing in the world, uh, my kids uh, found out that if, if you just say, hey, Siri, can you play the Dentalpreneur Podcast? Or hey, Alexa, can you play the Dentalpreneur Podcast? It pops up. So they think, they think that dad's pretty cool now. And it's on, uh, you know, Apple iTunes, anywhere where you find podcasts. And, um, and it's you, a big podcast. You've had over 1400 episodes, right? Yeah. For, we're approaching 1450 episodes, 6 million downloads. We get between eight and 12 million unique listeners per day. And it's a five day a week podcast. Well, that's, that's, that's so cool right there. Yeah. So you've got the Dentalpreneur podcast. Now the Dental Success Institute, that's true. Uh, dentalsuccess.com. 
Yeah, truedentalsuccess.com. And if you click on the summit icon, you can you can uh, register for the summit or you can reach me uh, that way too. I'm also on all the socials, Dr. Mark Costas on Instagram and Dental Success Institute on Facebook. Any other ways they can get in touch with you or they can hear content you're putting out? Yeah, the de- the the uh, probably the fastest way is truedentalsuccess.com. And there's a contact mark icon and you can you can reach out to me directly through there. And of course, you know, the, the summit's only two months away. Uh, you can still register now if you're interested. Uh, and it sounds like it'll be a phenomenal event. Thanks, Ross. I really appreciate that. Well, sure thing, Mark. This has been a, a, a fantastic podcast. Really fascinating, interesting. I really appreciate your time today. Ross, I'm so honored to have been asked. Thank you so much. Continue doing what you're doing. And I thank you for uh, all your help in educating the masses within our awesome profession. Sure thing. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brandon. Tune in next week for our next episode. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brandon, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. Arkansas Insurance License Number 161390032. 2021 11-95-35. Expires 423. That last part can also say 2021. 119535, expiration April 2023. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. External sites and material are provided for your convenience in locating related information and services. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third-party sites, organizations, products, or services, and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664, Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRASIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 161390.32. California Insurance License Number 0L10073.2022.137997. Expiration 524. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>